Hello everyone and welcome to the Simmons & Simmons 10-minute briefing on key Brexit and regulatory updates we are seeing in Ireland. My name is Liana Mullers and I am a Supervising Associate in our Dublin office. Today I am going to be interviewing Derek Lawler, a Managing Associate in our Dublin office, to get his insights into the Brexit and regulatory updates he is seeing. Welcome Derek. Hi Liana. Thank you for joining. Thank so I'll just kick off. Um, how are UK firms preparing for post-Brexit access? Sure. Well, a lot of the questions that we're receiving um, are on the ability of post-Brexit UK investment firms and also UK credit institutions who are carrying out investment activities to rely on the Irish MIFID safe harbour. And so in short, what the safe harbour means is that if an investment firm or a credit institution uh, it won't be regarded as operating in Ireland if it provides MIFID investment services and they can be with or without ancillary services to per se professional clients or to eligible counterparties in Ireland. And then there's there's a few additional criteria that they have to meet. So the firm can't have a branch in Ireland. Its headquarters must be in a non-EEA state, so the post-Brexit UK. It must be subject to authorisation and supervision in its third country. And that competent authority must have due regard to FATF's recommendations on anti-money laundering. And then the final criteria is that uh, there must exist cooperation arrangements between the central bank here and the third country. So there are sufficient arrangements in place between the central bank and the FCA for post-Brexit UK firms to rely on the safe harbour. Um, and then most of the other questions that we look at are things like can credit institutions continue to accept monies into accounts outside of Ireland from, from Irish persons. And then the, the rather limited uh, reverse solicitation regime. So under MIFID, there is a, a, a more defined reverse solicitation regime, but there isn't so much certainty around um, CRD services. Okay, very good. And how do you think local clients of UK firms are dealing with service continuation? Yeah, well, so there have been some pretty helpful clarifications in this regard. So the central bank have confirmed that Irish AFES can can retain or appoint UK AFEMs post-Brexit. And then kind of a, a more technical point around settlement. So from a settlement perspective, when we reach the end of the transitional period, Crest will, will be a third country CSD, so a third country um, central securities depository. And so the, the EU Commission have agreed to extend that until the 30th of March 2021. But after that, it won't be available for the settlement of Irish uncertificated securities. So as regards the long term picture, um, Irish securities are all going to migrate to Euroclear Bank, which is incorporated in Belgium. And so we do have a, a, a specific act for that. It's called the Migration of Participating Securities Act. And that allows all of the Irish issuers to move from Crest to Euroclear. Um, by means of, of just getting a special resolution from their shareholders and not having to go through the scheme of arrangement that would normally be be required. So the due date to tell you're clear that, that um, you're going to migrate across is currently the 24th of February 2021 with migration scheduled for the 15th of March 2021. But all of those are subject to, to change. OK, thank you, Derek. Can you tell us about any significant legislative developments in the pipeline for Ireland? Yeah, there's a there's a recent interesting one, and so it's it's Ireland just implementing certain parts of the AMLD five 
that that hadn't come through. Um, and so this this will be of particular interest to virtual currency service providers and custodian wallet providers. Um, and the the equivalent legislation has already been brought in into the UK. Um, so what it does is it it doesn't it doesn't require these entities to become licensed, but it does add them to the list of of designated persons. So it means that they have to carry out the same KYC and monitoring of suspicious transactions that traditional financial service providers will have to carry out. So it provides, it, it applies to um, people who are exchanging fiat currency for virtual currencies and also to custodian wallet providers. Um, and then there's another few kind of technical amendments in that, uh, that bill that's making its way through in that there's a change to the e-money derogation derogation for non-reloadable um, payment instruments if the if the monthly transactions were below 250 euros that's dropping down to 150 euros um, and in no case can that be um, a remote payment transaction under the PSD2. Okay and our final question for you Derek do you know if the Central Bank of Ireland is prioritizing any key themes? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, the, the world has kind of changed utterly since um, the central bank announced their regulatory priorities for 2020 back in January. Um, and what their key priorities were then and, and probably still remain are uh, customer protection, investor protection, and then supervising firms compliance with anti-money laundering requirements. So while the, the COVID-19 pandemic, it, it did prompt the central bank to bring in some specific and limited regulatory forbearance around things like filings and um, regulatory dates, uh, their priorities remain the same. And in particular, the central bank is pushing ahead with its development of the Irish individual accountability framework. Um, so this was this was proposed on the back of a of a, a study that the central bank carried out on retail and culture in the our culture and behaviour in the retail banks. Um, and the individual accountability framework will largely consist of four parts. So there's going to be um, a set of clear and enforceable conduct standards, um, quite similar to those that are that are currently in, in force in the UK. There's going to be enhancements to our existing fitness and probity regime. And then there's going to be a unified enforcement process. So currently the central bank has nine different processes under which they can take action. And also they have they have what they call the hurdle of participation. So they first have to prove that an, an institution breached regulations and then prove that an individual participated in that. So that, that will be done away with. And then finally, um, there's going to be a new regime introduced called the SEER. So it's the Senior Executive Accountability Regime. It's quite closely based on the UK's SMCR. Um, it is going to be brought in on a phased basis. So it will first apply to credit institutions and insurance and reinsurance undertakings. What it what it does is it creates a new category of senior executive functions, and so some of those will be mandatory. So, say if you're a credit institution, you'll have to have certain types of senior executive functions. Um, each senior executive function will have prescribed responsibilities that attach to it, and if you're if you're discharging one of those functions, you will have to draw up a statement of responsibility and file that with the central bank, and then at the entity level, it will have to draw out a responsibility map, which is a map of all of its uh, governance arrangements. So the key difference, I guess, between this and the existing fitness and probity regime is that there's no there's no gaps in responsibility. So there's a greater uh, degree of clarity with respect to who who is responsible for what. And I think that that's the main theme that that and outsourcing are probably uh, our regular our main regulatory themes in Ireland. 
Okay, that's great, Derek. Thank you so much for that information and for joining me today. And thank you to everyone for joining this podcast. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Thanks.